again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters. It's Monday night and what an awful bank holiday weather day it has been on Tyneside. I'm not sure what it's like where you are, Pete and Chris. Same. Same. Holly? Yeah, it's probably bucking down. It is. Aye. So uh, not a great bank holiday, but as always, we're here to take your views on uh, Newcastle United and on probably on football, the bigger picture, because... Uh, Yesterday, I saw some um, some strange, strange scenes down at uh, Manchester, and I thought, uh, ultimately, protests, uh, you know, there's something that Newcastle fans are quite used to, but I just think that was just ridiculous. It just got completely out of control. It was hijacked by uh, a minority of people who seemed set on causing trouble, and it completely went against the, you know, the the protest that they were trying to get across. And I think it's probably diminished it to a, to a degree. Chris, what did you think? Yeah, it was it was an interesting one for me, Steve, because we we spoke about it briefly on uh, loads of mag yesterday, and um, I know this is this is not everybody, you know, everyone's got this opinion on it, but um, to a degree, in in certain parts, I was it, I was actually quite um, I was quite taken aback by it in terms of um, you know seeing a lot of fans showing you know their passion and obviously their upset at you know what's been happening over the last few weeks and months, and I mean from a, from a Newcastle point of view, uh, I I as you well. When I've seen, you know, different protests that have gone on in the past, I always feel like, um, you know, we could have done more as a club and as a fan base. Um, I always feel that, you know, they kind of go a little bit, you know, on deaf on deaf ears. Like I don't, I don't get the impression it really makes the impact that people want. Um, so certainly from from a from a point of view of you know making their voices heard, um, I did, you know, I did, I was quite uh, quite taken aback by it. But on the other hand, um, you know, once it goes over that peaceful process, I think that's where you start. You know, you, it needs to be reined in. Um, I, it's a shame that obviously the football match got cancelled. Um, I'm sure that's what the the fans were hoping for, and that's probably the result that they they desired and the result that they got. Um, but yeah, I, it, you know, I suppose that the next question is where where does it lead on from here? Because obviously now that's happened, um, you know, they've got a really big game, haven't they, midweek um, at home to Roma in the Europa League uh, semi final. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, with that. Because you know, making this stand is all well and good, but um, it, I suppose it's about what happens from there on in. I suppose. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, and as Darren has quite rightly said in the chat, if this was Newcastle fans doing it, would be hammered off the media. It seemed to be double standards, Pete, last night. Um, you know, I heard the comments on various journalists. I mean, Sunis and Roy Keane and Co were having a bit of. Um, backwards and forwards last night live on Sky as well. So yeah, everyone has a different opinion, but Garth and Graham soon has got it spot on. Um, you know, people throwing cans and setting flares off in the direction of, you know, former legends sitting in the press box is, is not responsible. And, you know, we could have been looking at a different picture yesterday, Pete. We could have. Um, <clears throat> but you mentioned about a double standards. I don't, I, personally, I don't think it is. Um, I think the difference this time compared to anything that Newcastle have done in the past and when we've got neg like negative press on the back of it is that you've got two very influential uh, ex-players for both of those clubs, in yeah. particular Man United and Gary Neville, that were there at the right time, on the right day, to calm that whole situation down. Uh, and the videos have been well documented over social media since yesterday in that Sky actually tried to make it exactly that. They tried to make it about those small minority of fans um, and try to really create a negative spin on it and take it away from what the actual protests were all about. And the fact that Gary Neville was there and the fact that Carragher, Jamie Carragher backed him up completely squashed that straight away. Um, and I think, um, you know, that's what's put the different spin on it all um, and, and, and kept it as the fact that it was a protest. Of course, we don't want um, people throwing cans and, and bits of equipment and breaking equipment and flares and all the rest of it. We don't want that, but we have to remember that is a small minority of fans. You know, um, I, I go back to the, the, the protest and the anger after the Sunderland game a number of years ago. Uh, and the only thing you really hear about that is the guy that punched the horse. And that was the main 
real topic of conversation and still is right now. Whereas actually there was a real genuine protest at the time that the fans weren't happy with the ownership and weren't happy with the leadership at the club, but it can quite easily get completely thrown out and, and a different spin can get put on it straight away if you haven't got that single um, real uh, influential figure that works within the media. We haven't got that. We've got Alan Shearer, but he works for, let's face it, B, uh, BBC, who are not the, the most out there and the mo not the most sort of popular in terms of football and sport. Sky Sports is. So it, that's the real difference there. Um, but look, um, I'm not against that protest at all. I think it's for the right reasons. Um, you know, the, if, if you know anything about the Glazer, I'm sure you guys on the panel do, um, you know, the way they've siphoned money out of the club is is pretty similar to what Mike Ashley's done over the years, you know, with, with Newcastle United. So I can, uh, I have an understanding of their frustrations. But they've won three trophies though, Pete. Of course, of course. But you would expect Man United to win three trophies, at least in that time, because of the stature of the club and what they've won over the years. That's the difference. That's the difference, really, is that, um, you know, the media that they're getting is because of how big the clubs are. And if it was a Newcastle, if it was an Aston Villa or somebody else, it would be, it, it wouldn't even be a topic today, in my opinion. Trolls has made the point, which I was trying to get across, Pete, and it's when we complain, we're deluded, and when Man U fans do it, it's understandable. Uh, and that's what Rio Ferdinand was trying to say. I was surprised how badly prepared Jermaine Jenis was, or should I say I wasn't, because I thought he was yeah. absolutely rank useless on match of the day last night. He hadn't got a clue what was going on. And at one point, he actually said, well, I, don't, I, I feel it's a bit unfair you're asking us that question. At least Alan Shearer played it with a straight bat and just said, well, you know, violence, etc. is unacceptable, but I can understand fans protesting. But, you know, I just thought Jenis got tripped up over his own over his own ideas and thoughts. Did you see that, Holly, or, or not? Or were you watching any of that yesterday? Yeah, I was watching it. Um, I just, yeah, I think it was kind of a lack of knowledge. He didn't really seem to understand the main reason why Man United fans were protesting in the first place, which... I do agree with the reason why they're protesting because I don't think that the Glazers are good owners. It is similar to Newcastle, obviously not on as much of a dramatic scale because they haven't hit the lows that we've hit over the years. But undoubtedly, they're not good enough for Man United and they do need to leave. And of course, the European Super League is the thing that kind of kicked it off, I believe, in the first place because they're still not happy that those owners were prepared to take them into that league and none of the Man United fans wanted that. So hats off to them for actually doing something about it because I think in terms of Newcastle, we haven't really done as much as we could have over the years. We've tried to do protests more seasons and all of them have kind of just fell on death's ears and they haven't really gone, they went unnoticed, to be honest. They've been a little bit pathetic, I think it's fair to say. Um, and I do think they could have done a lot more. Now we don't really need to worry about protesting anymore because obviously we were protesting to get Mike Ashley to sell the club. He now wants to sell it, but he's not being able to. So that's nothing to do with Mike Ashley. And there's no reason for us to protest against him. If we were to protest, it would be against the Premier League, which realistically probably wouldn't have that much of an impact in St James's Park. I do think, though, that there is a little bit of bias because, yes, it was a minority of Man United fans that were violent. And that's something that we all need to remember. But even if there was... A protest at Newcastle and there was even less fans that were violent. I feel like Newcastle fans would get portrayed a lot more worse in the media and I think that the league would have taken action against us and maybe like deducted points or whatever or gave those points to Liverpool if that's who we were playing at the time. Whereas I think Man United will face nothing for it um, which, you know, should they, should they not, I don't know. I'm a bit unsure on that but um, yeah, I think that they were within their rights to protest. Unfortunately, it was a few idiots that ruined it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's always it is always a few idiots that ruin it, and and for me, I, I just I, I don't know. I just I agree with you, Ollie. I, I feel Newcastle would be tarnished in a completely different light had this been them yesterday. Um, and I, I get both sides of the argument. Um, however, Man United have spent something like seven hundred and fifty-four million pound on players. I don't know what the situation is with money going out. I don't know what Glazer does and how he runs it. But if you ask me, would I like to have seen? Uh, Newcastle in the last 10 years, for example, spend 754 million on players and win three trophies. 
um, I, you know, as opposed to spending virtually nothing under Mike Ashley and winning absolutely zero and having been relegated um, into the into the championship a couple of times. I know which I would rather be, comp- you know, you know, I know which I would rather have. You know, it's it's as simple as that, really. But you know, look, it, it's Man United fans can come at us all the one. I think, um, you know, I think I think you've had it great over the last few years, and you've had Champions League football, etc. I'd swap you in an instant. Um, the only thing I wouldn't swap you is, is Alan Shearer because he turned you down. Um, we're going to bring in David Reed. Um, good evening, David, and congratulations first of all on your uh, your um, Mystic Mag kind of prophecy a few weeks ago when we were all basically looking, you know, doom and gloom in the face, staring relegation in the face. But Brucey turned it round. You were right. You were right to be confident, David. Hi, everyone. How we're doing? Very good, very good. Are you going into a mystic kind of way there? You like uh, you seem quite <laughs> chilled. Is it a bank holiday? It's a bank holiday, so you you could be on the drink, are you? No comment. <laughs> it's not an airline of duty, mate. <laughs> I like your hair, Holly. Thank you. <laughs> Random. Okay, what do you want to come on about, David? All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I thought tonight was ladies' night. Did I have to put on a wig? No, you don't need to put a lip wig on. You know us, we sometimes switch it around and the, we felt with the protest that the five-minute ramp was more appropriate tonight. Okay. Right. Uh, my new Liverpool yesterday, I don't us, want us fans to do the same. It would purely reflect bla- badly on us. I don't want us to do that so please all Newcastle supporters don't do something like they did yesterday because that'll put off any owner mm-hmm. um, next is we can't seriously be worried about relegation now I mean Fulham need what was it four wins from four Yeah, one of them is against us so we can't be worried about that uh, when the takeover is done, which I still believe is in the works, how much realistically do you think we'll spend or money being injected into the club? And what do you think they could do for the area? And one last one, the documentary on Sky Sports last night about the entertainers, 30 minutes, that didn't do it justice. What a joke. Brilliant. Good stuff. Plenty to talk about there. Then Chris, we'll come to you first, mate. Um, take in whatever, uh, whatever order you want. Yeah. So, uh, as always, David, really interesting points. And thanks again for coming on, mate. It's always good you're coming on. Um, so, yeah, uh, I get, well, I'd take your point straight away when you're talking about the protests. And, um, thankfully, I don't think we've got anything to worry about in that sense because, really, we haven't really got anything to protest against at the moment. I mean, as we all know, things are going on in the background over the takeover. And we're all keeping our fingers crossed that, you know, wheels are in motion. Um, And really, our gripe at the moment is probably with the Premier League rather than Mike Ashley. Um, We know that Mike Ashley wants to sell the club. Uh, We want him to sell the club. Um, So, weirdly, which I think it's been the last few months, we've actually had a bit of a truce with Mike Ashley. Um, We both want the same things. So, yeah, we're just just hoping that, you know, this takeover goes through sooner rather than later. In terms of um, Fulham being down, yeah, you're absolutely right, David. And um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried in the slightest now. Um, you know, I, I think Liam Kennedy made the point um, on the on on the Tuesday night with Steve. Um, I think he, he highlighted, didn't he, that Fulham have won five out of the last 35, 33, 34 games, and now they've got it. They're going to have to win four uh, in the last four. Um, so yeah, it's it's not not looking good for Fulham. I mean, the biggest thing for me, David, and I've said this for for weeks, months now, is uh, I just hope that the last game doesn't mean anything. Uh, that that's that's my biggest hope because obviously we have Fulham on the last game of the season, and I just I just hope to God that we don't need anything from that last game. Um, I hope it's dead and buried. And I think if we beat Sheffield United at home, I think that will be the case. And even then, I, I, as I say, I, I don't fancy Fulham to pick up more than maybe four points over the next two games, and that's being generous. Um, and in terms of your last uh, point, David, about the spend, um, 
I'd, I'd like to see personally, I, I wouldn't want to see, um, you know, six, seven, eight, nine players coming in at once. Um, I know some fans may think that's a bit odd me saying that, but I would I would like us to kind of do it gradually over time. Um, I'd like to I'd like us to see us maybe bring in three or four real top draw players um, and, you know, gradually build as we go on. I'd like to see more money spent, you know, on the training infrastructure um, on, you know, the stadium doing things behind the scenes, uh, you know, to try uh, obviously getting a, a better training facility, a training complex, should I say. Um, so that that's what I would like. And then obviously in the city, I'm sure that, you know, there'll be, um, you know, there'll be infrastructure built within the city, more jobs for people. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want this to happen uh, too quickly. I want it to be done over time. Um, so I'd, I'd like, I'd like things to be done, you know, um, considered, I, I like say, if we went out and bought seven, eight, nine players, that would worry me a little bit because, you know, we should be going after the right players, the right players for Newcastle United. Um, so I, I'd like us to maybe highlight three or four and go, they're the ones that we want. Go and get them, bring in a new manager and just slowly start to build as a, as a club. Uh, did you watch the Entertainers documentary? Sorry, yeah, I did. Do you know what, David? Yeah, you're right. I, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it. It was lovely to reminisce, don't get me wrong. And, um, you know, I, I thought the stories, you know, about uh, where they used to train, you know, it was at Durham, Durham University. Uh, and yeah, they share, yeah and, they, and they used to share the facilities. I, I thought that was really good. Um, you know, that, that did make me laugh. And obviously I've, I've heard about that many times. Um, but yeah, it, it was only a, it was only a 34 minute show or something. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would. Yeah, I would I would have liked to have seen, you know, a bit longer. I think I think it deserved at least an hour, didn't it? It did all feel a little bit rushed. It was nice seeing some ex pros talking about it as well. I always love John Beresford talking about Newcastle because he's so passionate. Obviously Steve Howie was talking about us as well. Um yeah, it just it could have gone on a bit longer for me. It was uh, it was a bit rushed. And obviously Sky Sports really pushed it, didn't they? And said, Oh, the entertainers is on Sunday, make sure you record it. And like I say, when I did record it, um I just felt a little bit underwhelmed. I felt it like it was a bit rushed. Yeah, and there's still, there's still, sorry, there's still plus Liverpool v Newcastle is the greatest game in Premier League history. Yeah, yeah, definitely they do. Uh, Matthew Smith, yes, congratulations to heaven. Great game, by the way. Um, absolutely brilliant advert for Northern League football. That uh, commiserations to concert, uh, but it was a cracking game, cracking final, and uh, of course they could have a chance of doing it all again because that was last year's. Uh, that was last year's FA Vars. Um, unbelievable game though, three two, great yeah. for, for for the Northern League. So yeah, well done to Heaven. Enjoy your uh, night tonight, uh, Holly. Uh, what do you make of uh, David's points tonight? Um, in terms of the protests, like I said earlier, I don't think there is a reason for us to protest right now. I think we've had that chance in the past and it's clearly been proven that Newcastle fans aren't the type of fan base to get violent with things. So I don't think that's going to be a huge concern for us. Um, and in terms of investment in the club, if there was a takeover, I'm on the same page as Chris. I wouldn't like to see us do anything too dramatic and bring in loads of players, replace the whole team in one go. I don't think that would be the best way to build the club going forward. I think we need to do it gradually over a period of a few seasons. And certainly I would buy players, um, we touched on this in the Match Day Live, the likes of Madison, maybe Grealish, that would fit into this side now because I'd want to keep the core of the team the same, build mostly in the midfield, obviously get some better striking options going forward. Um, but I wouldn't go out and buy massive players straight away because I just think that would use up the budget and it really wouldn't work. Because if you did go out and buy the likes of a Harry Kane or something and put them into this side and didn't buy players that would work well with him, then he wouldn't get the assists, so he wouldn't score the goals. So it would be a pointless signing. Um, I would like to see us invest in the infrastructure, do some renovations to the ground, because I think that's long overdue. It's hardly been touched in the 14 years that Mike Ashley's had it. Definitely rebuild the training ground and the facilities. That needs to be done 100%. And I think that's proven with our injury record. It's horrendous. And I do believe that's down to the poor training facilities in part. Obviously, there is other factors, like the fact that Bruce doesn't have them in training enough. And of course, the inevitable of getting rid of Bruce and my choice of manager would be Rafa Benitez. Um, and the final thing, which was the Entertainers documentary, I haven't watched it yet. I've got it on record. I'm hoping to watch it either today or tomorrow. It does seem a little bit short, though. I would like to have seen it being at least an hour long. Yeah, good stuff. Pete, what about you? Um, I'm, I'm the same with regards to the protests, other than 
the next time we protest will probably likely to be in August or September um, if Steve Bruce is still at the club. I think that will be the next real protest that will be had by the by the fans because they don't want to see Steve Bruce at the club. So well, I think there's a lot that I'm hoping that he will gracefully sort of you know walk away um, at the end of the season and allow a new manager to come in if Mike Cash is still at the club. Um, if he's not at the club, we'll naturally have a new manager anyway. Uh, which I'll get onto in a second. But yeah, with regards to the protests, I mean, I, I I don't think there'll be another protest like that again because I think it caught everyone off guard, and I think the security of all of the Premier League teams will be ramped up now to ensure that that doesn't happen anyway. Um, so I don't think that'll be an issue moving forward. Um, with regards to the spending or the budget or the kind of rebuild, um, you know, once we get a takeover. I don't think there'll be three or four major signings. I just don't see it. If, if, if you go back to the sort of the plan that's been discussed with regards to the consortium, I think they sort of said something around 250 million over the first couple of years, which if that's the case, as a starting point, you're not really going to go out and splash 100 million plus on the likes of Kane and people like that are going to cost significant amount of money or are you going to attract them straight away because they're not playing Champions League football. So we've got to be realistic about it. But there will be a marquee signing in there. I, 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 and it wouldn't surprise me if it was a 40, 50 million pound signing. Um, and it won't be the likes of, you know, those high, high top level elite players because we're not there yet. I mean, we will be over time, but we're not there straight away. So I see a 40, 50 million pound signing coming in. Um, and I fully expect with the likes of Rafael Nunez in charge um, to use his amazing, amazing scouting network. And I don't think we talked about that enough when we get before. His scouting network is the best of all the managers currently in the game. And I'm talking better than Pep and, and, and Jose Mourinho. His scouting network to find the quality of player right for his project is unreal. So I am more than confident that he won't need to spend a lot of money if he's manager of the club. But I think he will be allowed to get one big major player. And I think the priority will be the training ground. I expect fully in the first six months that a new training ground is designed and ready to go in terms of a build. Um, and there'll be other things like they'll, they'll really sprouse up the, um, the the stadium. And, and a lot of things that the fans have really been um, you know, getting on about that's not been good enough in the club. And I think there'll be a lot of listening and there'll be a lot of actions about what the fans want and what the fans have wanted for a long time. So that's why I fully expect from that point of view. Um and then with regards to the entertainers, I, I'm the same as Holly. Um, for other reasons, yesterday I wasn't uh, able to watch it, but I will watch it um, later on tonight. Uh, but yeah, the fact that it's, you know, that, that documentary could be an hour and a half quite easily with, with how much information and how much history is within that four, three, four year period from, with Keegan. Um, for me, you know, you could have an hour and a half, it could be a movie. Yeah. Did you uh, win yesterday, Pete? <laughs> I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was back in goal again. Both goalkeepers injured. I was in goal again. I'm meant to be retired and I played more in goal than I have actually on pitch. So, I don't uh, know. No, we, we didn't win. I think we've got a straight shootout next week to qualify for the knockout stages. So, uh, all still to play for. You need to join a Super League, Pete. No. <laughs> <laughs> David, any more uh, any more points to make tonight, mate? Yeah, I, I just don't want us to do a manual tomorrow. Or oh, whenever we're playing. It just doesn't look good. Uh, the stadium point is a good point. Uh, like we've said be before here, you think that the East Stand could be redeveloped? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it could be. I don't think they'll go for that option. It's far too expensive to redevelop the East Stand and incorporate it into the university building behind would mean they'd have to buy the university buildings, knock part of it down, keep the front face, yeah, incorporate it into the stand. Yeah, you know, you could buy a new stadium for the cost that it would uh, would cost to do that. They could extend on the Gallagher, of course, uh, depending on how far they can go back onto the land behind, obviously, with that now being sold by Mike Ashley. So... Yeah, it, it would be interesting. People have suggested that the ground is turned around to, you know, to face Barrack Road. And there's all different kinds of suggestions. But um, at the moment, until there's a new owner, none of that is, is, is worth even talking about. But yeah, 
I mean, there'll also be a suggestion of moving the stadium, which didn't go down well last time, you know, or or moving it onto the park, and then you end up with, you know, the, the you know the not in my backyard people at Lees's Park coming out again. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, what happens with that? Who knows? But at the minute, we don't need a new stadium because we've got Mike Ashley in charge and we've got Steve Bruce's manager. Um, and I'm afraid we're probably going to need a smaller ground if that continues. <laughs> David, uh, great to have you on, mate. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday. Thanks for popping on. Good to see you, mate. Thank you. Awesome. Take, Take care. You. Good to see David and uh, good to see he's enjoying his bank holiday. If you want to join the show tonight, uh, you can do. Uh, simply join us by clicking the link, which I'll stick into the chat now. That'll appear down on there. If you want to join us tonight, uh, fee uh, feel free. We've got lots to talk about in the next half hour. Uh, let's look back at the game, Chris. Uh, we've had a great you know, great little run. Um, you know, it's taken us within, you know, spitting distance really of getting out of the whole relegation situation. David made the point, of course, of Fulham having to win four games out of four. I think that's unlikely. I can't see that happening. Um, but you know, funnier things have happened. But yeah, yesterday's performance, um, it was poor. And you know, we watched it on match day live. I generally felt that Alan Shearer pretty much picked up what we did, that the midfield let us down yesterday. You know, John Joe Shelby. Uh, in particular, I was picking out, um, and I think you know when you watched, you know the the different movements or lack of movements that that Alan picked up with regards to Longstaff. It was probably you know both of them let us down in there, but there was just a, a lethargy about the whole team. Yeah, it 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 felt like I don't know about you, Steve, but it felt like we'd kind of gone back about four or five weeks. Um, I know I've I've been saying that over the last few months, haven't I? But yeah, it, you know we we put together a string of good performances and it lifts our moves, and we think, oh great, you know we've turned a corner. And yeah, it felt like we kind of gone backwards uh, yesterday, especially given that you know everybody was so confident. I'd, I'd watched the three amigos um, before. Um, before the match, which was on Friday before, and uh, everybody was really confident about it. And you know, obviously, all through the week, we've all been chatting and saying that you know we've really felt like we could get something from Arsenal, and the the performance just wasn't there. And I suppose that was the biggest disappointment for me because, um, arguably, you could say that was probably the strongest team that we could have put out. Um, and we've all been crying out for that for the last you know few weeks and months, having been missing Wilson and um, Maxi. So, you know, when they were back on the pitch, I think everyone was quite excited that they were both starting together, but it just never materialised like that. But to touch on your point as well from match of the day and what Alan Shearer was saying, yeah, it was absolutely right. And this is something that not just you've said, Steve, but, you know, a lot of people on, on the Masters show have been saying that Shelby's been letting us down. But I did find it interesting that he highlighted the two midfielders of, of Longstaff and Shelby because both of them, um, you know, weren't picking the men up. And had Bamiang not missed, uh, you know, when he had that that air shot, um, I, f I forget who the other central midfielder was for Arsenal running in. He would have had a free shot, but in the end, it went to El Neni, and he had a free shot. And yeah, it's 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 those two midfielders, you know, that aren't tracking the men, and it just puts further pressure on the defence and obviously the goalkeeper. Um, and it, you know, it, the frustrating thing about it is that we're seeing it. Shearer's highlighted it, and yet. For some reason, Bruce and the coaching staff just aren't picking up on it, or you know, they're maybe not hammering home that um, you know that message enough to the central midfielders. Because I really don't know what John Joe Shelby's got to do to be dropped. Because he, I thought he was really poor again yesterday. Um, I, I don't want it to seem like all we do is criticise Shelby, but his his levels of performance just aren't good enough, and he, he doesn't show enough effort or commitment for me. And while he's got the armband, you'd think it would raise his level. Um, but it really hasn't. Yeah, plenty memes of sloths going around yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things yeah. that are quicker than John Joe Shelby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was funny. It, it was funny watching some of that go around. Pete, I mean, it was it wasn't a great performance. And yeah, the mid the midfield probably comes under the the most criticism, I think, from yesterday's game. Uh, a lot of people have talked about midfield, and it, and it wasn't great. Um, but I think the whole team. Were an absolute disgrace yesterday. It was an absolute disgrace to watch, and it starts from Dubravka right the way through to Callum Wilson. Everyone was atrocious yesterday, and that performance was a team, uh, a, a performance of a team that deserved to go down. Unfortunately, uh, that was my sort of uh, analysis of the game. Um, so, it, uh, so I'll go through the team. Uh, I won't run through every individual player, but I'll run through the, the different positions. So, Dubravka, um, he looked scared. 
in the game. He looked really devoid of any confidence whatsoever. And the first goal was a classic example of that. He he did that. He's done that for a couple of goals now, he's conceded, where he seems to have got half a hand on it, but not enough. And if you look at the replay, it's actually quite close to him to a point where he should have done more and he should have kept that out. And, and I'm still struggling to understand how he's not. Um, the second goal didn't we have too much about, but he just didn't really seem at it yesterday, which is not like him. Um, I thought the defence was an absolute joke. Um, starting with the back three, I thought all of them were awful. There was a lot of talk actually on social media about them, uh, the three at the back really looking their age yesterday. They really did. Three lads, 30 plus, um, not really sort of with it at all. None of them really got any any pace about them whatsoever. None of them had any sort of intelligence about about their game. You know, Aubameyang, everyone bangs on about Aubameyang, but when Aubameyang plays up front, he's not great and he didn't do anything in the game. But they didn't they didn't really make it difficult for him. And I just thought, you know, intelligent, experienced defenders would have managed that a lot better. So I was really disappointed with them. Uh, the midfield was poor. Look, we can talk about John Joe Shelby we want. We can put him up there as a scapegoat all we want. We know what John Joe Shelby is about. We know that... He's potentially only got four games left at the club because if the takeover goes through, he's not playing for us again, whether he gets sold or not. Because if Rafa Benitez comes in, he'll be the first player that will be taken out of the team. And if a takeover happens and another manager in control, he'll get sold. It's as simple as that. So we've just got to grit and bear it and just get through it, the fact that he's in the team because he's not coming out of it. Um, however, I was really disappointed with, with Longstaff. Uh, because his work rate wasn't there yesterday. Um, and you could tell uh, his quality on the board is, is not consistent anyway, but his work rate is the thing we, we talked about um, against when we, when they won at Burnley and when they when we won against West Ham. The intensity of his play, the work rate off the board, it just wasn't there. And then I was really more so disappointed uh, about the front two. Um, and I think it was touched on in someone's analysis, and I can't remember who, but the intensity of those two front players, particularly for the first goal, was an absolute joke. They just allowed their centre-backs continuously to get to the halfway line with the ball and beyond the halfway line without even getting a challenge, without even being pressed. Now, you look at Callum Wilson in that whole 90 minutes against Arsenal, and then you look at the 20-odd minutes, or however long he played against Liverpool, and you compare those two performances, and they're incomparable. The intensity in his play, the pace that he played at, the amount of pressure he put under those Liverpool defenders, there was nothing there. You know, he's, he's our main man. He's the guy that's meant to be leading the line. Same with St. Maximin. Their intensity against Liverpool was on point. They just could not be arsed yesterday. I'm sorry. They were lazy, really, really lazy performances. And, you know, they are our top players. So if our team are looking at those two as our guiding lights and seeing that they can't be bothered to track the, the defenders or impress them at the halfway line, then what does that say for the rest of the team? And all you're then doing is allowing pressure onto the rest of the players, which is exactly what they did. I thought Arsenal were rubbish yesterday. They were absolutely rubbish. And they... they, they absolutely cruised to a 2-0 win and it probably could have been more and that's the most disappointing thing about it because Steve Bruce should have been saying to them and maybe he did I have no idea you win today you're safe they're not catching us whether it's mathematical or not that was our opportunity to really stamp our authority on on this season to say we're now safe we've done our bit okay as, as successful as it been or not been that was our opportunity and all we've done is heap more pressure onto us now because the fans, rightly so this morning, are now looking at the West Brom result and now looking to Fulham next weekend against um, Burnley. Uh, and are now put more pressure on, on ourselves to fucking, you know, try and think where we're going to stay in this league. Personally, I don't think Fulham win another game this season. I don't think, I don't see them beating Burnley at home and I don't see them beating Southampton. I think at the most they'll get a point in each game, which will be enough for us. But we had an opportunity ourselves to really kind of stamp that authority down and say, we've kept ourselves up, we've done it without relying on other people. And it's just typical Newcastle that we're now relying on other people to do our job. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, as always, Pete, uh, lots of uh, support from uh, people in the chat. Holly, uh, what about you? What's your views on that? 
I think collectively it was a bad performance. I don't think there was one player in that side that you could say did a decent job. I'm pleased that we didn't do man of the match on match day life because I honestly couldn't have picked one. Like everyone was just so, so poor. Martin Dubravka, he was at fault for the first goal for me. I think he should have done better. I'm not sure what was going on there, but he really just didn't seem to be prepared. And I don't know if anyone else has noticed this with Dubravka, but I think his kicking's been really off since he came back into the side. Like, I don't know if he's got some type of like injury or some problem or something, but his kicking just seems to be really, really off. The defence, yet again, shocking, really bad. I mean, they haven't been... We've been winning games, but I think the defence have been poor at times, but that game, they were just awful, really. And Jacob Murphy, that's the worst performance I think I've seen from him in a Newcastle shirt. Really, really bad. Shelby, I'm not even going to touch on that because we talk about it constantly. It gets boring now. Although what I will say about Shelby is I just find it sad to see him playing now because, yes, he's been a very hit-and-miss player for us, but he's been a long servant of the club and I have been a fan of his in the past. And I feel like the way he's going to leave the club now will leave a bitter, a bitter taste in the fans' mouths because of the way he's been playing and the lack of passion he's been showing. And that's a shame because I think if Shelby had left maybe even a year ago, I think he would have left with a bit of respect. But now I don't think that'll be there anymore. And then the forwards, I think Almiron is poor. He needs to have a break. He's really not with it at the moment. I wouldn't be starting him next game. St Maximan really went unnoticed, I think. And Callum Wilson, it's hard to judge him because he wasn't getting any of the ball. He really wasn't getting the assists put in. He wasn't getting the service. So you can't really be too critical of him. Although I do think he should have gotten better positions, but it wouldn't really have made a difference because he wasn't getting the ball regardless. And to me, it does seem the same as what Chris said, like we've went back in time. I don't know if that's because the players now have in their head that we're safe and they think, oh, well, we can just sit back for a few weeks and look forward to our summer holidays but that's just really frustrating so frustrating beyond words because the club Mike Ashley has the ambition of us finishing 17th every season which was the ambition for Steve Bruce and that's rubbing off onto the players and so if we think we can achieve that then they're just like oh well job's done that's it we never have the ambition to want more to go forward to try and do better we're just so happy to just stay the same every season and it's boring it's so boring and there's times where you think this is a team we can get behind we can be proud of this team like when we were down to nine men against Southampton we thought wow what a team this is someone this is a team with passion we can get behind this and throughout that winning streak and then they just look like a different team the next week they just don't care anymore and so it's really frustrating because you know that this team's capable of more but they're just not willing to put the shift in and I'm just fed up fed up with it to be honest and the captain is a huge problem Jamal Lascelles hasn't been good enough now it's gone to John Joe Shelby which you could argue is even worse we need someone in that team that is going to absolutely shout and scream at the players if they're not up to scratch and Matt Ritchie you could give it to him I don't think Matt Ritchie has much more of a future at the club especially if we take over but we need a captain's voice in that side desperately I agree with all three of you um good points well made um let's talk about Fabian Shaw Chris um talk about a new contract but um interesting to see uh, another one of Newcastle United's favorite things is putting daft clauses in and this clause now means that if he goes to the Euros and has an absolute blinder, um, he could leave the club for free. I mean, is it a player you want to make, um, you know, make efforts to keep, or would you be happy to see him go? And would you be happy to see him go for nothing? Well, now um, we we always seem to leave ourselves in these positions, don't we? I mean, I, I'm I'm quite a fan of Fabian Shaw. I know some people are a little bit on the fence with him. Um, I take people's points when they say that in a four four two with just the two centre backs, he, it's probably not his strongest. Um, we all know he's a bit of a ball playing centre half. He likes to come out with the ball, um, and he had to eat. You know, he. he I don't think it was last season. I think it was the season before. He was playing outstandingly for us. So I always remember that goal against Burnley, where he, he hit it right in the top bin. You know, he, he's got he, he's got something that not many centre backs have got, and it was another Rafa, um, you know, masterstroke bringing him in because I think we brought him in, didn't we, for about three, three, four million from Deportivo. Um, so he was, you know, a bit of a steal, and at one point. Um, after you know that season that he has, it you know he was being linked with the likes of AC Milan and other people were meant to be interested in him. He's gone off the boil the last twelve to eighteen months, but I do think you know under the right coach and uh, with a better you know better players around him, I think he you know he is a player who 
you know, could, could, could do, could still do good things for us. Um, I felt a bit sorry for them with the red card. Um, when I first saw it, um, on match day live, I was like, oh, that was stupid. You know, why did he do that? He went in from behind, but after watching it back a little bit, yeah, it, it's a reckless challenge, but, um, I think, I think a yellow would have been, you know, a more fair, fairer result for them. So I, I feel a bit harsh for him in that sense, but I personally would like to keep hold of Shah. I, I do still feel like he, he can still do a job for us. And I think, as I say, with better players around him, I think, I think we'd see much better of him. Um, and I certainly wouldn't want to lose him on a free. I mean, I, I felt a bit like when, when his contract was coming to an end, uh, a bit like Dwight, Dwight Gale. I thought let's get him signed up and you know if if he is to leave then at least you know we can we can keep some monetary value for him um you know because if 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 we were to sell uh, Fabian Shaw, I think we could get at least 10 million for him if he had two or three year contract um you know because I'm sure there will be other clubs out there who will be interested in him um I think in a, perhaps a slower pace league I think he would excel um, I mean, look at Lejeune, who who went over to La Liga, uh, playing for Alves, and he he was like their player of the season. Um, you know, it's sometimes the Premier League can be a bit quick for certain players. However, I do, I do actually think that you know Fabian Shaw could still do a job for us, but certainly I'd I'd be giving him a new contract because uh, you know on his day I think he is a really good player, and uh, he is one of my preferred centre backs. Yeah, uh, I love that one. If that was, if that had been a tweet, it was a contender of a tweet of the week. Do you reckon Shelby's tapping his feet in the changing room at half time to get his yardage up? He probably <laughs> is because his stats don't back up what he's actually doing on the pitch. Well, that's an absolute classic, son of THC. Uh, Pete Shaw, would you keep him? Um, I'm going to be a, a little bit controversial with Shaw. Um, I would I keep him if we if we're going to go into a new season with a back three. Yes, I would, because I think he only plays in a back three. Uh, it, it was Deportivo, I think he, he was signed from when he, when they got relegated for, yeah, like Chris said, I think three million. But he, even then he played in a back three. He, mm. he plays in a back three for Switzerland uh, as well. So, you know, he only really knows how to play in, in, in that system. Uh, so if we're going to play in that system, yeah, I, I'd keep him. The controversial thing is... It, I think that challenge was intentional. Uh, I think he was trying to get himself sent off. And I'll tell you why. It's because I've been convinced for quite a while now that Fabian Shaw does not want to play for this club. And I mentioned it back in October when we were talking uh, on, ma on a, ma a couple of match day lives uh, about how his performances were up and down and not very good. And then all of a sudden, he plays against the big teams and his performances just magically just shoot up. Um, and he's been so inconsistent over the over this last year or so. And you could talk to him maybe that he's the manager, but I don't think it is. I think he plays when he wants to, and he plays when the cameras are on him. And I personally think when he put his Instagram thing out about his injury, he did not once mention the club. All he mentioned was is getting back fit for the Euros and, and, and being fit for the Euros. He didn't mention the club at all, and he hasn't really since. He's not really about the club. And I personally think that that challenge was so so unnecessary. I was shocked that he'd even gone in for it because he didn't need to. But me personally, I think that he, now he knows he's back fit and he's had a couple of games under his belt. I think what he's doing now is that he's he's got himself sent off, so he's only really going to be fit for the last game of the season, and then he's fit for the Euros, and that's his shot window, like you said, Steve, at the beginning. That's his shot window to put himself out there, regardless of how Switzerland do, to say, I can play at, at, at an international level. I'm here on a cheap deal. Put me in. Okay? And I think I don't think he's going to be here next season, purely for that reason. I would think he's been trying to get out for all of this season. And as I was talking, Wolves have scored a wonderful, wonderful goal. Brilliant. Great stuff. Yeah, Gary Milligan, John Justice Allen both coming in there with uh, with that as well. Holly, what about you? Sharp? Oh. Yes or no? It's a difficult one. Um, I think that on Shaw's day, he has the potential to be the best centre-back at the club. I think he's very talented. It's something different to what we already have because he's someone that can get us up the pitch as well as defending. I agree with Pete that he suits a back five with wing-backs a lot more than a flat-back four. He doesn't seem to do well in that um, formation, which may be why he seems to have done worse under Bruce than Rafa Benitez, because under Rafa Benitez, we constantly played with the back five and the wing-back system, and then Bruce went to a back four. 
um, and maybe that's why he hasn't looked as good because he joined us in the summer of 2018 in Rafa's final season and when he came into that side I think he looked phenomenal and that goal against Burnley as well like in the middle of the season that was one of the best goals I think I've ever seen in St James's Park it was just the talent and the absolute class of that goal was unreal like that's just one of those goals I don't think you'll ever forget but unfortunately under Steve Bruce he doesn't seem to have looked as good he started to get a little bit better then he got his injury and then obviously he's came back in got that red card I don't think it was a red card it should have been a yellow I think it was a bit dramatic but he didn't seem to be overly bothered about it and maybe he isn't bothered about the club and he does want to leave which is sad he's someone that I wouldn't want to say go on a free though because I do think we could make a few quid off him I would try and sign him up even if it is just to make the money but if he went for free I'd be really really good with that and he does seem to be prioritising his national team more which is fair enough if that's what he wants if that is the case and he's really not bothered about Newcastle I would just let him go because you want players that are committed to the club and that's their priority you don't want players that are just like oh well I don't want to get injured because of my national team that's just not good really yeah, it's uh, it's a strange one. A um, lot of people got different opinions in the chat. Some would break the neck to keep him with us. Not too keen. Yano says he rushed back, Pete. Uh, broke his oh, neck to get back playing. He says, you're, you're wrong on this. But, you know, it's all about gonna, opinions. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, yeah, it, it definitely is about opinions. And, and you know what? He, he's raised a really good point. You know, he said, Charles broke his neck to get back playing. And you know what? You're absolutely right. But in my opinion, not for Newcastle. He hasn't broke his neck to get back to playing for Newcastle. He's got he's broke his neck to get back playing, in my opinion, for Switzerland in the Euros to put himself in the shop window to get a move away from the club. Uh, that's just my opinion, and that's why I'm convinced that he intentionally tried to get himself uh, sent off. Because if you go back and you watch that challenge again, the guy's going nowhere. He doesn't even need to make that challenge. He doesn't need to make it as a defender. He's got him away from goal, which is which is his intentions. He falls back into position. He sees the play out. He doesn't need to go and make that challenge. And I think it's unintentional. Uh, sorry, not, um, I think it's unnecessary, the challenge. Uh, and like I say, it's my opinion. But Yano makes some great points uh, in all of the shows that we do. So fair play to him. But that's just my opinion. Yep, fair enough. Uh, big thanks to Spider VPN who've sponsored us for the last three months and are on board again this month. Uh, big thank you to you guys. And a big shout out to Arcot Interiors. You can find them at arcotinteriors.com for all your kitchen needs. Give them a ring on 0191 265 8663. Email them inquiries at arcot.org.uk. Also, not forgetting qtechshop.co.uk. They make us a pool tables and snooker tables and walls in Newcastle. And uh, they help us along the way with lots of t shirts and merchandise. You can get your cult t shirt from nufcmatters.com. Join the cult, come to the dark side. And uh, jab signature as well uh give them a big shout out uh, they've got their new boxing brand coming out very 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 soon uh, john is great down there loves making our flyers has a lot of fun making the three amigos flyers if you're a first time visitor to the channel click the newcastle legends logo in the bottom right hand corner and that's it you subscribe hit the share button uh, share it to your social media hit the thumbs up to like the video and uh, drop into the comment section to uh, speak to like-minded Newcastle United fans and uh, lots of comments coming in as always tonight. Thanks to everybody uh, for joining in the chat. Let's look ahead a little bit to Leicester because it comes a little bit quicker than uh, most games, Chris. It's uh, it's on Friday night, Friday night uh, uh, special. And um, look, you know, it's 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 live on Sky. It's eight o'clock. I, I quite liked Friday night games. It's something I'd, I never ever thought I would get into, but I, I didn't mind them. Obviously, taken away quite quickly with COVID. But um, I'm looking forward to actually going to one and then you know winning a game and you know going out for a couple of beers or a curry afterwards. Like it's uh, you know something to look forward to in the future. But yeah, Leicester. Um, it's away King Power Stadium. Tough game for Newcastle, but depending on uh, depending on who he selects, of course, um, you know Newcastle. You know Newcastle should be looking at you know maybe given given a good account of themselves after that poor performance against Arsenal. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, to touch on your Friday night thing, yeah, I remember when the Friday night games first came out and I was thinking, I don't like this, I'm not sure I like it. And the the trouble with the Friday night game, Steve, is it either sets you up for the fantastic weekends or it can potentially just ruin your weekend. Um, because I've I've, uh, I've experienced a few Friday nights where, you know, we, we've put in a really poor performance or, you know, things haven't gone our way. Um, and I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I love me Saturday afternoons, you know, obviously the three o'clock kickoffs and stuff, get your bets on and watch a bit of footy, Jeff Stelling, I love all that. Um, so then it does take it away a bit sometimes when we're not on um, because you just kind of feel like, you know, you've missed out. But, um, you know, I, I think I think we've got a, a good opportunity against Leicester. It, it, again, it feels like a bit of a free hit. I know we keep saying these over the past over the past few weeks, but it does feel like a free hit. And what we've got to remember is um, Leicester. Leicester have got far much far much more pressure on than we have, uh, and maybe that'll work in our favour. Leicester have got you know we feel like they've really got to win this game, and they'll be expected to win this game. Um, you know they're they're still in, in the hunt for the top four. They want to try and secure that. Uh, and they've got a, a fantastic opportunity to do so. It certainly looks like they will get top four, but um, you know they they will they will be wanting to beat us uh, on Friday night. But I, you know, again, it come it all comes down to uh, the work rate and the effort. As long as I see a much improved performance from you know the Arsenal game, which we've just witnessed, um, you know that 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 will put us in good stead. I think we need to maybe change a couple of the personnel. I completely take Holly's points. I think um, I think it might be time to drop Miggy. Um, I'm I'm one of Biggie's biggest fans, and you know I love his work rate, but I feel like over the past few weeks he's kind of been lost a little bit. So I'd like to see them shake it up. I think Joe Willock's got to come in. Um, I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get it to get his first start. Um, everyone probably knows and agrees who who I would swap uh, Joe Willock for, but it won't happen. So there's no point even talking about it. So maybe maybe it is worth uh, dropping Miggy to put Joe Willock in. Um, I, I mentioned I, I saw somebody mention that perhaps uh, you know we should we should drop Callum Wilson um, or Vestum should I say you know uh, you know just to kind of ease him back in. I know he obviously played the full ninety, didn't he, against Arsenal? But for me, I, I'd start him again. Um, you know, give him the more minutes he gets under his belt, the better. Uh, he's only going to improve with ma- with uh, match fitness. And the only way you can do that is by playing matches. So, you know, I, I would continue with I continue with Maxi and I continue with Wilson. Um I did feel, and I said this on Match Day Live, that the formation was all wrong for me, particularly against Arsenal. It might not be the same against Leicester, we'd have to see how they set up. Um, but against Arsenal, we, you know, that, that formation that we were playing uh, just wasn't working. And I really I really did feel that maybe Bruce should have switched it to a four, two, three, one. Um, I think ultimately with the squad of players that we've got, a four-two-three-one would be, you know, our best, uh, our best lineup. Uh, albeit we look a bit more uh, vulnerable in defence when we've only got four there. Uh, but you know, I, I always want us to kind of cause the opposition problems. I want them to worry about what we're doing rather than us constantly worrying about what they're going to do to us. Um, you know, with the players that we've got going forward, we, we should be really causing um, Arsenal more, more problems, uh, you know, especially with Granit Xhaka at left back, uh, the two centre backs who I wasn't I wasn't keen on in the first place. Um, and I believe they, they had um, Matt Ryan in goal. So uh, Bernd Leno wasn't even playing. Uh, so really, that I do feel like that was a big opportunity missed. Um, and even with the centre midfielders as well of uh, Ceballos and um, El Nenny, you know, that the, the they, they don't pull up any trees most weeks. So really, we should have really gone at them. And it does feel like an opportunity missed. But against a very, very good Leicester side, who've got a lot to play for, I do feel like, you know, we, we could we could get something. But it, it all depends on how we turn up and how we perform. Um, but I, I hope that, you know, the, the effort and the endeavours back. And uh, I hope that we have a real go at it. Because let's be honest, if we just sit back and play for the draw... I think Leicester pick us off, I really do. Um, so I'd like to see us attack them and really have a go. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. Um, you know, I, I love watching Newcastle. Uh, you know, all the time. Even though sometimes to watch us can be a little bit painful, I always have that belief that we can do something. Um, and the sooner you know that we get the well two points, maybe three points that we need to stay up, the better. And then we can start looking forward again into next season. Yeah, Dave Harrison says we were all convinced we'd beat Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, if we all think we might get beat off Leicester City, uh, just saying, good, good one, good one. Yeah. Mate. Uh, Pete, I thought we missed Joe Linton yesterday. Words I would never thought I would ever say, but I just thought it unbalanced the team a little bit. And I, be, and, and I think the fact that there was the enforced 
um, you know, miss what we missed. Willick, although we missed him on the bench, we didn't have him coming on as an impact player to, to save the day, if you like, or change things and you know put them on the back foot. I just think you know not having Joe Linton up there holding the ball, you know, I just think we we seem to be missing that little bit of something. And um, I just say I never thought I would say it, but I just felt you know we could have played him yesterday, and there was no Andy Carroll on the bench yesterday either. No, I, that was the. One of the first things I noticed when the team came out is that Carl wasn't uh, in the squad at all, um, and there was no talk about injuries or anything like that. But um, yeah, we, we missed John Inson's physicality, um, and let's face it, Nuri, his actual quality on the ball isn't great, but he puts himself about a bit. And with the likes of Louise and Gabriel at centre back, he he could have been that thorn in their side that allows the likes of Set Maximum or Wilson to to kind of play their game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could have been. And it wouldn't surprise me if he does get brought back in at some point, um, probably even on Friday. But I do think that Willett comes back in either for Almiron or Longstaff. Uh, one of those two will sit out on Friday. Um, I'm leaning towards Almiron, but I also Longstaff looked tired uh, on Sunday. Um, he looked shattered. Maybe that he's given all is all recently is is caught up with him. So maybe he might drop out. But Willock will definitely start, and he he's needed. Uh, we needed that extra bit of support up front um, to support the front two, and we didn't get that Sunday. Um, I whenever I look at the when I when I saw that it was a Friday night game, it was Leicester away. It just brought back the memories to that. Two years ago, that Friday night game, the the game under Rafa, where I was there, I was, we were there half an hour after the game, just chanting and screaming, and we could see Rafa getting interviewed by Sky in the distance, and we were chanting his name, and he was giving us the signals, and it was just such an amazing game, and you know, uh, I put it on Twitter a few weeks ago. It was around this time, a couple of years ago, that we could see that Rafa was really starting to build something, and it's. Um, it's just a shame that it's it, he never really got to see that through. But um, so it brings me back memories and, and hope more than anything that we can sort of recreate that on Friday night and and kind of put a thorn in their side with regards to their championship uh, Champions League hopes. Um, but the one thing I'll say is Leicester are not playing well at the moment. They're picking up results here and there. They're doing just enough. But they struggled at the back end of last season and they're struggling again. I don't know whether they're, you know, whether they're getting a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of a stage fright in terms of actually getting over the line for Champions League. But this is an opportunity to really sting them in their, uh, put a sting in their tail massively. And uh, I hope that we do. Yeah, fingers crossed. Holly, your your views a little bit early, but it is uh, coming up on Friday. So just uh, just looking ahead to Leicester. The same as last night, I mean, yesterday's game against Arsenal, it's a good time to play Leicester. They aren't in the best of form, although I think that they are a very talented side. They've got some excellent players and I do think that they will qualify for the Champions League. I think they'll just have enough in them to do it. Um, you'd like to think that there's a response from the team after that Arsenal game and the regroup and think, right, we're going to put in a good shift to make up for yesterday. I don't think they will, though. I do think Leicester will win that game. Um, I know we had a lot more confidence going into the Arsenal game, but unfortunately, we just never seem to be able to build on a good run of form. And once we think we've done enough to stay up, we kind of just throw the towel in and think, oh, well, that's it. Um, I don't think we'll be a heavy defeat. I think it might be another 2-0, 2-1, something like that. But it's not vital for us to win this game. I do think we'll get six points out of the Sheffield United and Fulham game. And if we do that, that's more than enough to stay up. I think we'll see if anyway, even if we lose all the rest of our games. But um, I, I do think Leicester will win that game. I do quite like that it's on a Friday night, though. I do like late kickoffs. I think they're always more enjoyable. And like Pete said, that game under Rafa Benitez, it was just brilliant. I was there as well. And if we could recreate something like that, it would be fantastic. I can't see it, but you never know. We'll live in hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. And Holly, are you up for doing Match Day Live on Friday? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Good stuff. Looking forward to that then. You're in charge. I thought Alwali did a great job yesterday. It was yeah, fantastic. Fantastic to have him on. He's got such a Good great stuff. personality and uh, was, it was brilliant. So looking forward to you doing it, Holly. Don't be nervous. Enjoy it. Embrace it. And we'll uh, 
We'll look forward to seeing you then. I'm back tomorrow night, uh, 6 o'clock, usual time. Uh, be very quiet on social media, on Twitter. We've uh, obviously been keeping our uh, tweets off uh, over the over the weekend, like most uh, most people. And um, I'm back with Liam tomorrow. Let's see whether he's got any news uh, on the takeover, arbitration and what have you. And then Wednesday night, I'm back with the retro show. We're looking at Southampton this week. Uh, some interesting games there. Some involving Matt Letizia that I remember being at and uh, wish I'd never been to. Uh, and then Thursday night, Gibbo is back alongside Supermac. And then it is the three amigos again on Friday. So another full week. And you will have noticed people are going back to work and I'm still doing the show as well. I'll sell you. I would keep doing them if I can. So, you know, all good this week. Uh, yes, the three amigos is still on, Gary. So don't don't worry. But uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Chris, Pete and Holly. Great to have you on. Look forward to seeing you later in the week. Take care. Have a good week, guys. Take Bye. care, guys. Take care.